Hey, what's up, y'all, and welcome into today's show. It is Forte Catholic's birthday this week, and we are celebrating. Father Anthony and I had a blast recording this show, and I hope that you guys enjoy it to celebrate our fourth birthday. If you are not subscribed to the podcast yet, please do that wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please take 10 seconds, maybe 15 Leave five stars, write a quick review, one to two sentences. It'll, it'll, it'll make our birthday so much better. Don't ruin a four-year-old's birthday. Enjoy the show. What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is the man who uh, we haven't even started, and he's already driven me crazy today. Once again, the past two weeks, all co-hosts are trying to do their best impersonation of Liv Harrison and just drive me crazy the whole episode. <laughs> Father Anthony, how are you, buddy? I'm doing okay. Uh, technical difficulties aside, uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, once again, anytime anyone in the Catholic Church says they're having technical difficulties, 100% of the time it's user error. And I just witnessed that for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> yes, exactly. When I say technical difficulties, I'm trying to arrange my furniture and microphone. And somehow, and I've done this before. I've recorded in this space. I'm at my brother's house. I've done this like at least 10 times before. And for some reason, I can't get it to work today. So this is what's happening. Well, good. So uh, we started the show off today differently than we have recently, but similarly to how we have done for most of our time doing the show. Correct. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say it looked like I broke your brain, but also so did the lamp in front of you. So, I yes, mean, yes. it's not going to take much today. <laughs> not today. But uh, today is a very special day. Do you know why, Father Anthony? You just told me it's very exciting. Today is... The four-year anniversary of Forte Catholic? Today is. We are recording this on Monday, and wow. today, Monday, October something. I looked it up earlier. October 5th mm-hmm. is the four-year anniversary of the Forte Catholic podcast launching on radio airwaves on Red Sea Catholic Radio and to listeners in the in the single to sometimes double digits on podcasts those first few months. <laughs> Four years is like 40 years in podcast time. Like, people do not make it past one year, let alone like six months. And you've gotten four years. That's kind of a big deal. It's crazy. 80% of podcasts don't make it to a year. (laughs) If it's not because of your success, it's definitely a tribute to your stubbornness. So either way, congratulations. For sure. For sure. So, like, I mean, we started off and, like, literally we had download numbers, like, equaling the amount of people that I have in my current household for a while. Yeah. And, you know, now we're, you know, closing in on, you know, we, we hit 100,000 a while back. You know, like, it's 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 grown, and it's good. It didn't start off great. We had some bumpy times. We had some good times. Uh, and so uh, something else happened around four years ago, Father Anthony. It's been in the news recently. <laughs> you mean the election? Yeah, yeah. So we started on October, and so yeah. a month later, we did a show on, uh, we, we called it Hope on Election Night, and I recorded it. Live on television on Tuesday wow. night. I think it was Tuesday night was election day. I think sure. I think yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, it was Tuesday night because that's the night the show is live. Was live back then. It used to be a live radio show. Crazy at seven p.m. on Tuesday nights because that's when everyone listens to Catholic radio. So I, I record a show 
on hope on election night. No matter the outcome of what's going to happen, we need to find hope in Jesus and the church or something. Like I used to do like churchy topics back in the day. (laughs) 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 So here's what I would like to do. I like reminiscing and I've been reminiscing for multiple reasons over the last couple of days, uh, including the the, the four year anniversary of the show. So what I would like to do now is is campaign for my (laughs) reelection. Okay, yeah. Okay, what's your pitch? What's your platform? I, What's happening? I would like to just go... My, my platform is essentially just showing what I have done over the last okay. four years. And the great moments we've had and to address some of the slip-ups. You know, just like a good politician. Except uh, this isn't going to look like a debate. Uh, okay. <laughs> because, boy, that was bad. <laughs> I can start yelling at you right now. <laughs> yeah. What's great is... I'm actually the the moderator of this debate, so I can yeah. mute you anytime I want, which is what this the is moderator yeah. should have done. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. At the end of today, what I would like is for everybody listening uh, to the podcast, watching on YouTube, listening on the radio, is at the end of this show, I just want you to quietly whisper wherever you are, whether you're in your car or whether you're you're at the gym, or whether you're just at home and or surrounded by a bunch of people on the subway, I just want you to whisper, four more years, four more years." That's all I want at the end of this. That's all I want. So, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go back into the to the hot tub time machine and go back to year one. The I know that you started listening to the show pretty relatively early in the show's tenure but like two years ago i think yeah but it, it, you you've I, I would i doubt you've listened to year anything in year one right no good because it's not great it's not <laughs> okay. great year one was not <laughs> tremendous uh it was this thing it was like i want to do something different but it took a while to like ke- like to actually do something different like i was like mm-hmm. I, like it was this thing of like i want to do catholic radio and catholic podcasting different than anybody else has but like I was go, I was doing it in like minute ways to where like I listened back and like it wasn't really all that different, you know. Sure, like, yeah. <laughs> and and then finally like over time it started started growing, but there were some good things that happened in year one. On literally episode two, we had uh, someone uh, as a guest by the name of Allison Sullivan. <laughs> Really? Yes. Wow. Episode two. So she has been involved with the show, as as you guys know. She's been a co-host for the last two years, and uh, she started way back in the day as guest, our, our, as our second guest on episode two. And wow. it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild that uh, I, I did something right right there at the beginning. Yes, that was a good call. She's definitely one of the better co-hosts. Oh yeah, one of the top four for sure. If you have to pick one co-host to be your vice president, who's it going to be though? That's what the people want to know. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I picked you to be the vice president nice. because I because I ha- I needed a vice president and a secretary. Uh, this yeah. is all for the board of Forte Catholic. And yeah. I didn't want to make the priest take notes at the meeting because that's the secretary's job well, for many reasons. One, that's a weird thing to ask a priest to do. Two, I don't trust you to do it. Uh, yeah. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if you did it right, I wouldn't be able to read it legibly. So I, I gave it to Allison. But I, I've told you, I've told you that I completely regret that decision because when it came to financial stuff, when we were starting for together, I needed yeah. so much. I could have just driven six minutes to Allison's house and got it all taken care of. But instead, the bank mailed you stuff. You lost it. Uh, it took the, me. It got <laughs> lost in the mail. I didn't lose it. 
I don't think you did it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I did or didn't do. Yeah, this was a mistake on your part. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry for about that. For sure. I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. So I did pick you as the vice president, but you're, the question was, who would I pick? And it would definitely be Allison. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I didn't realize that was so early on, one of the greatest ideas that I have ever had in my entire life. Uh, we didn't do one this year because 2020. But uh, oh, right. the Ministry Madness bracket. Yeah. <laughs> this was the first thing. Like Literally no one in the world knew who I was. And I did the Ministry Madness bracket thing. And years later, people were like, oh, I enjoyed that. That was you? Like, people knew Ministry Madness more than they knew me. <laughs> I think I encountered that bracket before I encountered you, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Because I had never done anything worthwhile in my, wife, in my life up till then. And then I finally did something. And people liked it. This was taking people from all over the ministry world and putting them in a bracket that was votable uh, where essentially who would win in a boxing match. And I, I like, it was one of those risks. We talked about taking risks early. I didn't take right, risks yeah. in the beginning, but by, by about March of the first year, I was taking risks of saying, Hey, I respect and enjoy all of these people. I'm not going to ask their permission, but I'm going to put them in this fictitious boxing match. And I, I could have been canceled before I was even cancelable, right? Yes. And and people loved it. And I had a great time with it. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, at the beginning, we had a lot of the Catholic Answers guys. Like, actually, in the first year, we went through, like, all the main people on Catholic Answers. Oh, wow. yeah. The highlight of that is that Tim Staples, a man that I looked up to for many years, and I still look up to him, he called me bro. And at that moment... I knew this show was going to be something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we, we had my mom on the show. Um, which oh, my is, gosh. Which is good, but I also realized that it's been three years since I've had my mother on the show. <laughs> you have to have her back on. That'd know, be amazing. I know. She's, she's, coming to, she's coming to stay at my house um, in a few weeks, and she, uh, I'm just going to sit her here right next to me, and it's a good time. Um, and then this is reminiscing not just for the show, but reminiscing for everyone. Do you remember when there was eclipse and we all did the thing that our moms told us not to do and we stared at the sun for an hour? <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. Wow. Simpler times. Hmm. Simpler times. So that was year one. Uh, and again, I want to just point out, we had seven highlights from year one. <laughs> not many. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's 365 days, seven highlights. I don't want to do the math on the percentages, but it's not great. Yeah. So, it's so what's so funny is like there are people who would like find out about the show now and go yeah. back and start at episode one. And I'm Never like, I'm like, guys, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the downloads. I'd much rather get 208 downloads from a person than ju them just starting now. I, I love yeah. that. But at the same time, if you listen to those first three, you're probably not going to listen to anything after that because it wasn't great. So that, that's a good rule with most podcasts. Most podcasts have a uh, rocky start. I start, I start at like, unless it's like a seasonal thing. Like if it's like, yeah. like this show where it's just kind of random, I'll work backwards. That's actually yeah. fun. Like I'll, 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 I'll go from like the current stuff and then work back to be like, Oh, now that I know these people, it's actually kind of funny to go back and, yes. and see where they came from. All right. Year two. Uh, we started off year two. I, I think it was the first show of year two. I had on the premier scholar, Dr. Edward Fazer, on the church's teaching on the death penalty. And we did a whole segment on <laughs> on the church's teaching on the death penalty and when it was okay and when it wasn't. And like 
three weeks later, Pope Francis came out and changed the church teaching on the death penalty, <laughs> therefore making me and the premier death penalty scholar wrong on the show just weeks before. <laughs> yeah, and he just clarified that in his recent encyclical, too. So he's, he's doubled down on the no death penalty. Thank you very much. He did. So if you want to hear me be heretical now, even though it was 100% the church's teaching at the time, go listen to the death penalty episode. I would say there's some nuance in the conversation that we're not getting into, but more or less, sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, one thing, this this is crazy. In, in year two, uh, I had an Academy Award winner, an Academy Award film director on the show. And this is crazy because, like, now a lot more people know about the show and it's grown, and I'm really thankful for that. I had yeah. some killer guests at the beginning. Right? Right? My goodness. <laughs> um, I also had a few guests in year two that weren't as good as an Academy Award winner, but people yeah. like uh, this this okay priest from from Pittsburgh, Father Anthony Sharapa, uh, no. this guy named Bearded Blevin, Sean McAfee, oh. all of them no. made their first appearance in year two, which is crazy to me that y'all have been along this journey this whole time. All wow. three of those people ended up becoming co-hosts about a year mm -hmm. later, right? but y'all were all guests in year two. Yeah. Okay. So I have been listening for about three years then. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Uh, I had an Olympic medalist on the show. Again, someone actually accomplished. <laughs> Kurt Tomasevich is a Catholic guy who uh, has multiple uh, multiple medals in the, in the Winter Olympics. Uh, what do you have? Well, I have Father Anthony, and you're, the A isn't even capitalized because you're next to an Academy Award winner and a multiple-time Olympic medalist. I know, yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm looking at year two, and all I see in regards to me is that I was wrong about the death penalty, and then right. I just brought a bunch of cool people together. But really, like, that that was the moment. Because year one, I didn't have a co-host. Year two, producer Sam was starting to co-host, and that started growing, and we right. started becoming a, a host and co-host show, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that was the time that everyone started liking everyone else on the show more than they liked me. Correct. <laughs> and that had stayed for the last three years. <laughs> as soon as you brought someone else on the show on a consistent basis, you're like, yeah, that's the person I like. Producer Sam was the favorite. Then we got the co-host. And ever since we got the co-host, there have been multiple favorites all across the board. But, uh, I mean, like, literally we got a five-star review the other day that was like, hey, I really love this show. It's tremendous and it's great. And there are great insights from everyone except Taylor. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, five stars is five stars, I buddy. I was like, whatever, I'll take it. So uh, the one thing that I did that was that was good, and this was one of those segments that, like, it became a good thing, and then it died, and I think we need to bring it back. It was called Unpublished Worship Songs. Do you remember this? Uh, it's not ringing a bell. So essentially what I would do is, as a musician and a worship leader and, and liturgical musician, whatever you're, uh, you know, whatever yeah. whatever you would like to say, pick your pronoun there. Um, like, I... Uh, I would take s stories that would never in their life would have a, a, a hymn or a worship song written about them, and I would write a worship song about about it, like Paul <laughs> awesome, Paul yeah. preaching so boring that a, a guy fell asleep and died, you know, like yes. like uh, things like that, and 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 just take stories that uh, you know a, a guy killing someone while he was on the toilet, like we don't have any hymns about that, but I wanted to write them because I. Unlike many other pastoral musicians, I mm -hmm. believe in all the scriptures, not just picking out the pretty parts. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's inspiring. It really <laughs> thank is. You, thank you. Thank yeah. you. So then we get into year three, and we're getting to the point where we have co-hosts. 
uh, like you, you people, <laughs> yeah. started coming around. <laughs> um, uh, you and I, uh, along with our good friend T with Tolkien, Caitlin Fachista, we we tried to break the internet. It didn't work. Right. The internet's still working. Um, Shame. I right before the co-host. Do you did you listen to the? Do you remember the whole saga of me versus a baby elephant? No. <laughs> we had an entire segment where me and uh, like my pseudo producer at the time, he was kind of interim before I started doing all the producing right. uh, because of him. But, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he thought that I could def- that he thought that a baby elephant would beat me in a fight. And I thought that I would win baby elephants uh, way less than me. They're smaller than me. They're slower than me. I would right. absolutely just annihilate a baby elephant. And I just want to put that to bed today. That's what I want to do on the four-year anniversary is put that argument to That's bed. That's fair. Yeah, I would put money on you versus baby. I also would pay like a lot of money for tickets to see that happen. Oh, uh, uh, so it's going to happen. Whenever COVID is over in 2023, I actually have the baby elephant lined up. I'm hoping that it's still a baby by the time. Because if it becomes any older, I'll definitely lose. I know. Right. <laughs> you versus a full-grown elephant, that wouldn't even be entertaining. That would just be sad. Uh, so, Father Anthony, you had one of the biggest moments uh, in show history. It's still one of our most popular episodes. Uh, there was something that you wanted to do in yeah. year three, and you wanted to blow up the moon. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing that's happened in my internet life. That It started off with a joke, which I thought was very funny. The idea that a Roman Catholic priest wants to blow up the moon is just a silly thing. I really leaned into it, and I think I shared on the show, but if you haven't heard... I remember meeting with my pastor at my parish in real life, and he said he got a call from somebody who was concerned that I was radicalizing young people to blow up the moon. And he asked me, is there anything I have to worry about here? And I said, no, you don't have to worry at all. The moon, on the other hand, should be watching out. But yeah, that really happened in my real life, yeah. What's funny is, and I don't want to, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization, but I'm going to. Uh, okay. If anybody's not watching on YouTube... Uh, the way Father Anthony looks right now is what every domestic terrorist I've ever seen on the news looks like. <laughs> so I could see why his pastor was worried. <laughs> it's, there, it's, there. it's the long hair and beard, yeah. Um, okay, and then I, I did one of my favorite things. And we started, what I didn't realize until reminiscing today, uh, I didn't realize we have a tradition. And there's a tradition that every Christmas season I play a prank on you. And I did not realize this was a tradition. It just kind of happened. The first year, I think we talked about this a couple of months ago, but uh, you came on for the Christmas episode, so we recorded before Christmas, and right. I asked you to share your Christmas homily, which you had not written and not given, and then I told everybody after you went on for five, six minutes that indeed we were before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did that. And then the, the second one was that, are you going to count when you tried to make me hear your confession? Yeah, that, that was year four. That was a celebration <laughs> of year four. That was also in the Christmas season. That was Oh, uh, I still have nightmares about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's great. Uh, I have a story about that. We'll get, we'll get there. You're jumping ahead. Uh, the okay. last thing that happened in year three was uh, Liv Harrison came on as a guest and uh, very quickly kicked Sean McAfee off the show. And became yeah. co-host. <laughs> yeah, she she beat him up. Yeah, she uh, did. It was her he ran away. versus him versus a baby elephant. The baby elephant mm-hmm. won, but Sean uh, lost. He got third place, so he had to leave. Right, yeah. The baby elephant was not available for comment, so could not be a co-host. Yeah. All right. Year four. Literally the first episode of year four, uh, I think may explain a lot of what Forte Catholic is. We started off year four with me failing a ninth grade theology test. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I went into the ninth grade. They were worried about their tests. I'm like, I'm your campus minister. I'll come take it with you just to make you feel better. The teacher was fine with it. Um, I got a 69 or a 67. I got a 67 on, wow. on the on the on the thing and i argued with the teacher like i did in school it was a lot of fun so there you go your, your trusted forte catholic podcast host can't pass a ninth grade theology test grad school dropout here's where it gets crazy because i was reminiscing for another reason allison sullivan wanted me to find some pictures from last week's episode so that she could share them she just shared them today like and it just fully encapsulates our friendship like it's just screenshots of from us recording in here just hilarious but i was trying to find other pictures of her and i so I was going back and like this year, year four feels like it's been four years because it's it does though. So when I was looking back, I'm like, I can't believe that in this past year, our future president released a Christian gospel rap album album. Oh yeah. That was this in the, in the last 12 months, Kanye West <laughs> released a Christian rap album and, and announced his candidacy for president, and that's who I'm voting for. So, I mean, it's a big year for Kanye. Yeah. It's a big year yeah, for Yeah, he got a lot done. Hmm? We reviewed one of your homilies. You sent us a homily, and, and that was uh, fun. John yeah. Blevins and I ripped it to shreds. Definitely a personal favorite episode of mine. <laughs> <laughs> but Because most other episodes, you aren't sweating enough? Like, I don't understand why that's It's true. I know. Something about, like, John trying to defend me and you trying to tear me down. The dynamic was hilarious. I laughed the entire time. I loved it. <laughs> that's good. Uh, you yeah. mentioned earlier we were live at SLS, which not only was in the last 12 months, that was this calendar year. That happened on January yeah. 1st. And uh, I went to, we had this thing for years. You've never heard my confession. We've been, we, you're a priest and we've been friends for three years. And yeah. uh, you still haven't ever heard my confession because you're like, no. oh, confession doesn't work over Zoom or the internet or Xbox Live or the phone. <laughs> so I know I'm a stickler like that. What can I say? So I set it up and I, we, we were recording live at Focus and I started doing a real confession with an audience. And yeah. you had you I put it was it was great because I was using the confession as a real confession, but also as a prank on you. And I had to I put you in a precarious situation. You either had to hear my confession in front of all of those people or uh, once again, refuse me confession. <laughs> and the thing is, like, what got me was when you started naming like real normal sins. I was like, oh, no, is this already happening? What am I going to do? I, I was horrified the entire time but yes at the end i was like we're not we can't do this my favorite part of it was deciding whether you or your uh clerically speaking co-host father harrison who was sitting in the front row which one yeah. of you was more nervous <laughs> that's a great question i have to ask him because i think it was me i think it was me <laughs> oh it was great you refused my confession and uh yeah. something else that had happened in year four because it happened two days ago is i finally went to confession with you father anthony it finally happened it did? Through text message. You don't recall this. It was two days ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I texted you, and I was like, hey, do you want to play video games? You're like, no, I'm about to hear confessions. I said, I'll yeah. text you my confession. I said, absolution through memes, please. That was my... That was yeah. my request, and I thought you were going to shut me down, and you said, okay, which just opened the floodgates. <laughs> so I, I texted, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I, sh I shared a parental advisory gi uh, gif. I shared <laughs> some other things about sins that I have committed. You said stop, but you had already opened the floodgates, so I continued. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I shared a, a meme of a guy doing the sign of the cross, and I said not doing this enough. 
I shared a gif of Morgan Freeman saying, I am God, which is another sin that I commit to often. And I said, yes. for these and all my sins, I'm heartily sorry. And you responded with a gift uh, defining the word penitent and yep. uh, Jesus showing his mercy to someone. So I, I, I think that I think that was real. I feel like I went to confession <laughs> with you finally at the end of year four. First of all, I'm just surprised that the Apple phone had a various – when I typed in penance, there were a few gifts that worked for that. So I was like, well, I mean, this must be divine providence. So we'll do this, and God knows what happened. I don't. Uh, and then to wrap up, you know, 2020, I mean, you know, the world fell apart. I completely changed my life. I now work for Forte Catholic full-time. Uh, we we introduced things like freestyle preaching and chicken soup for the yeah. shrill. Like, we're having a good time. And like, like looking back at the last four years of the show and looking back at the last like, you know, year looking for these pictures for Allison, like it was one of those things that like, I just found myself continually smiling, looking mm -hmm. back at all these memories and like thinking of the baby elephant and I fighting and thinking of making you awkward in front of a lot of people at SLS. Like all yeah. those things bring me so much joy in a time where I haven't found a ton of joy here in 2020. Yeah. So it's like, we always talk about hope looking forward, right? Like hope is, is the evidence of things unseen, like things coming in the future. Uh, but like looking back gave me a lot of hope and, and, and gave it gave me a lot of joy looking back and being like, look, these are some pretty great highlights of this yeah. show that started literally as nothing. And now is a thing that I do full time, which is wild. <laughs> But, you know, also, that's actually a really good spiritual practice. When we go back and rem are reminded of the things we're thankful of, that does increase our hope because we're reminded, oh, God really is in control. He really does have my best interest at heart. That difficult times, while they may last a long time, they will not last forever. And that's actually a good thing to pray with and to be thankful for. So, yeah. We did it, guys. I, so, primarily, I just want to say thank you to, to everybody that that's listening now, anybody that has listened over the last three years, and to those who listened to the first year, I just want to give my sincere apologies uh, for, for, for all the time that you've given. Father Anthony just absolved you. Uh, <laughs> <over the> video. <laughs> for your sins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll text you your penance later. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but, but also, like, I just want to thank, I mean, like, you and all my other co-hosts and all the people who have been producers and the people that read the radio and, like, anybody, like and literally everybody that has made this possible, all the great guests we've had. Um, and even the bad guests, I want to thank you too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know who you are. <laughs> Actually, you don't, because I'm much nicer than I should be. But you know, whatever. Uh, no, it's it's just been a great ride, and I love doing the show, and I love the community that's been built up around it. So I'm just really thankful today here on our four year anniversary. So speaking of guests, we haven't had one in a while, and we're bringing a returner back. Uh, Koji De Ramos is back to talk to us about being Catholic in the workplace today. So do not go anywhere. Forte Catholic Podcast is now available over on YouTube, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. If you, if you could subscribe there, man, you'd be giving us a birthday present and an anniversary present, which means you'd go straight to heaven without passing go, but you do get to collect $200 from God, not from me. Uh, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. The show is there. We've got extra bonus talks and extra content over there that's just for YouTube. So go hit that subscribe button. Thanks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. That is still a strange Jesus impersonator that wouldn't be paid much to be in a play, Father Anthony Sharapa. And we have a very rare occasion today. 
uh, Father Anthony, we have a returning guest, which has only happened a few times, and even more rare, a returning guest within the same calendar year. Koji Ramos is with us. Koji, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me again. Uh, please keep down the energy. I know <laughs> that it's my fault. We're having to re-record this because I made a mistake and didn't record it. You came with so much energy the first you know, time, and now you're like, what a dummy. This guy doesn't know how to run his show, so I'm not going to bring any energy at all. It's fair. It's fair. I'm not mad at you. Are you sure? Because you were just yelling at me just now. No, I uh, <laughs> I figured... That's his normal speaking voice. This is, this oh, is you way. and my wife would get along. <laughs> no, I, I figure I, I take it um slower this time like i was talking last time and like oh no i'm like i feel like i'm losing energy i should probably build up so that's well so, <laughs> uh, this just in koji Duramos loses energy after two minutes of <laughs> not, of, of talking golly well good uh, 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 well, it's, it's been great having you thank uh, you have a good, good rest of your day <laughs> No, but you you came on and and you're in you're in rare company of being on twice in the same year and i went mm -hmm. back and i was like what did we talk about? You know, because obviously it was really impactful on me the last time we talked. Uh, so I was like, what do we talk about? We talked about essentially bringing the faith to the culture and culture to the faith. And that was essentially the mission of where you, where you were working at the time. And then 2020 happened and a lot of us changed jobs, you know, yeah. uh, me included. So like, I, I get it. Right. And and now you're you've moved across the country and uh, life's life's very different. Right. Uh, and essentially you're now working with a group. That is about transitioning out of ministry jobs and into like jobby jobs and uh, how you can essentially be like bring your Catholicism to the workplace. So that's that's the ministry you're one of the ministries you're working with now. But uh, in, in all it's, you're like the perfect person for it because you're like the you're like the guinea pig. Right. <laughs> They're like, hey. Let's bring you out of ministry and do a jobby job and see how this works. Uh, so we were like, uh, let's talk about being Catholic in the work workplace. And you're like, but I've been doing it for like eight days. Can we talk about something different? And I was like, sure. So you've had a lot of mindset mindset shifts yeah. uh, this year as as things have happened. Mm -hmm. uh, and when in, in regards to ministry and and, and to work, so it, uh, I just wanted to open it up there yeah. and uh, see what you got for us. Yeah. So I'm currently working with an organization called Mission to Launch. And Mission to Launch is a brand new organization and what it's a brand new company. What we do is we provide e-courses for Christian Catholics who want to one-up their game in the workplace. Um, it also helps a lot of people who are transitioning out of ministry, who are people who are missionaries like myself, or people who, uh, we actually have a couple um, sem former seminarians who are transitioning out of seminary back into civilian life and same with the military so it's like um our founder elena she you know she encountered this problem as well when she was transitioning she was a youth minister for years in miami and then she decided to transition into corporate america and she realized that she didn't really have a lot of um, mentorship and guidance uh, there wasn't a lot of resources for people transitioning from ministry to the quote-unquote real world i mean these missionary organizations, they're awesome, but their jobs aren't to transition their missionaries back into the real world. You know, it was, um, it's just to do that mission. So, you know, I've been, I've been blessed to be a part of multiple organizations and I was transitioned well enough, but you know, even that falls short a little bit. So yeah, I, you're correct. I'm currently transitioning from missionary to, uh, just corporate America and, you know, just 
receiving the uh, the courses that that we have available so far. It's been really great, and yeah, it's been it's been an amazing amazing journey so far. And um, yeah, we just wanted to get the word out there because we know the need is great. It's really it's really needed, and it's a very very awesome awesome thing we're doing. So. It's really excited. Uh, so I, I have a question. And yeah. maybe this is because uh, I'm I'm naive. But my first thought is that like transitioning out of ministry into a jobby job uh, would be easy. It's like, oh, hey, there's actually an HR department, unlike the <laughs> parish. Oh, when people are mean to me, at least it's not a priest. It's just some dude. Like part of me thinks that. But what are like the difficulties going from ministry of various kinds yeah. into the workforce? What are people running into that's a problem? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with just a different environment where when you're in a ministry, everyone, everyone is on the same page when it comes to your values and beliefs. Um, and that's, you know, uh, they should be, they, they should, should be. <laughs> they should be yeah. it's like, I'm glad you've had good experiences. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. And you know, for, for a lot of these missionaries, like there, there's, there tends to be a shock to, of like going back into the workforce, even if it's just like working at Starbucks or, you know, like a part-time gig. Um, it's, it's, it's a culture shock in a way because they've just been so seeped into this way of life and then just kind of like unplugging that. Um, for me, my experience so far has been trying to like, I feel like a baby giraffe trying to learn how to walk again. It's, it's interesting, um, you know, because it's a, it's a whole mindset shift, which is exactly what Taylor was, was mentioning earlier. I, you know, I thought I was just going to be in ministry my whole life. Um, because I found a lot of meaning and there's a lot of people who are still in ministry and that's awesome, but not a lot of people are called to it full time. Um, not in the traditional sense, at least. And for me, that's my first mindset shift of, okay, I'm not directly working in ministry anymore, but that's all I know. So how do I transfer these skills that I know onto corporate America? So that's actually like one of the courses that we offer. And we also have amazing alt mentors. Um, these guys are top tier CEOs, owners who are very devout Catholics, and they, they really want to help people who are transitioning. Uh, because, you know, we, we paint a picture of like, can you just picture a bunch of missionaries? I think every year there's at least a thousand missionaries that do mission work in the United States. Let's just say for some reason, you know, all 1000 decide to like leave those, those mission organizations and go into the workplace. That's a thousand people who are on fire for the Lord and who are willing and are, you know, who want to create disciples. And can you imagine if they have all the skills, necessary skills they need to, to succeed in their workplace as well. So that's that's like the the utopia <laughs> that we right. that we're going for. So, yeah, and it's interesting because we were you know, as we, when we talked the other day, you know, you brought up these mindset shifts, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what have been some of the mindset shifts that I've had in regards to like work and ministry? Mm -hmm. And well, one of them I have had to learn twice the hard way. Uh, one of them was like this this mindset when it came to working in ministry of like. Uh, like we can't fail. Like this is this is the most important, you know, thing that thing that we can do is like getting people to heaven. Like we can't fail. So like overworking, I did it. Yeah. I did it at multiple multiple previous jobs mm -hmm. where I was like, I, I'm going to continue to sacrifice 
like my personal health, my like my personal well being. Uh, I'm gonna sacrifice my my family time. I'm gonna sacrifice like how I am. Like essentially, like I'd be tired and grumpy or sick, and then I wouldn't be as good with my family. Like essentially, that balance that we're all seeking all the time that's always elusive. Like I I, I would always go like, oh, I need to be a saint, and completely sacrifice myself for the mission of the church, and in like with that being my mindset, I couldn't do it. So therefore I failed. Mm. Right. So like, I was like, I need to continue sacrifice. Continue. Mm. Then I was sick and I was tired and I was grumpy and I was frustrated. And then I started being resentful. Like all these things compounded over days, weeks, months, years yeah. to where all of a sudden I stepped back and it took like this complete, like it took huge things. Like it mm -hmm. took COVID happening and the world shutting down. It took uh, way back in the day, me getting strep throat every other week for three months like it took like i'm not very smart like god has to be like hey taylor this is a big deal flashing lights like big things need to happen for me to realize that like this mindset that i have like the good thing of i should sacrifice for the kingdom of god and, and to help and, and to help people but not to the extent where i literally can't do that anymore mm -hmm. right so like that was that was this thing where it was like it sounded holy but practically in my life it wasn't, it wasn't working. And yeah. I've proved, I've proven that over and over and over again to where it's like, I need to be able to, I need to balance that with the mindset of like, I need to take care of myself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, so that's been a big mindset shift yeah. for me this year with everything that's changed. That's awesome. Yeah. And for me, I think like one of the biggest mindset shifts is, um, I had dreams before doing ministry. Like my, my biggest dream was to be like the Filipino Will Smith. And that's a story for another, that's for another time. <laughs> but, um, I, I know how that story begins. Oh, you did. Okay. It's a story about how your life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute to sit right here. Uh, I saw that one a mile away. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Cause I actually ended up living near West Philadelphia, but that's a, again, different story. Um, I'm hoping you didn't go play basketball. <laughs> I did. I can't, I just can't. So, <laughs> but and that's the big difference. The difference between Will Smith and the Filipino. Will yeah. Smith. <laughs> yeah. Well, the real Filipino Will Smith would know how to play basketball, but anyways, I mean, for, so going back, like with my, with my mindset shift is um, in ministry. I, I thought that, you know, in order to be holy, I had to be poor. You know, I had to like really strip away all these like luxuries that I have and to really know the Lord. And I think, you know, there there's a season in my life that that was true. And, you know, I was making no money as a missionary for a few years. And like, I really learned how to be simple and it was awesome. Um, but God likes to, he doesn't like it when we're comfortable. Um, and I was being, I was becoming comfortable in that missionary mindset. And I think just like what you said with COVID, it really just woke me up and just really, it, it took me a long time to realize that, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm actually called to ministry full time and there is a different life out there. And I just didn't know what that looked like in my head. And so, you know, like not only does this help people who are in ministry transitioning, but we know that this will help people who are already devout Catholics in the professional world right now. So people who are looking for like, you know, who are asking themselves, like, there's gotta be more. Like I, you know, like I've been working at, you know, this big company, not me, but you know, there's these people who have been working these big companies and 
they're restless. They're really restless. And, you know, they do Bible studies and all that stuff and they're really involved. But like when it comes to their work, like there's something missing. And I, and I, and I think with mission to launch with the courses and the mentorship and the peer peer community that, that we offer, I think, you know, this, this is, this would be of value for those who are already in the workforce, who are just looking, who are just looking for more. Um, so yeah, it's, and, and they need to do a mindset shift as well. Like, I, I think this whole theme of mission to launch, if I could just boil it down, is we're really inviting Catholics to live a different life, um, a, a different shade of, 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 the, of Catholicism in a way that's not talked about much. Because um, upon joining this organization, I was introduced to all these different people who are like really successful, but also very devout. And I, I just never thought like, Oh, that's like, that's possible. And God actually wants that for us, for, for people. So, yeah. Anthony, you're muted. <laughs> I clicked it, but I missed the button. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I always know when Father Anthony wants to chime in because his eyes get really small and he's like, he's like, I have to face. think really hard in order to ask a simple question. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Um, so a lot of times when you're uh, doing either missionary work or you're forming disciples, the Lord's going to use your personality a lot. And mm-hmm. so you can kind of get used to kind of being the guy or being the girl mm-hmm. and um, things kind of revolving around you. It's not something that happens like on purpose. It's just kind of you and your personality are a big part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine switching to a, a different kind of job where that's not so important, where you're more expected to be a functionary and your personality doesn't ask really as matter as much. I imagine that'd be a humbling or just difficult experience just to remove yourself a little bit uh, from the center and into a different kind of uh, work mechanism. Is that something that, that people struggle with or am I off? Um, I believe so. I mean, so for me, I have an interesting experience. I came from the workforce and then into ministry and then now going back. So it's like, um, and I experienced such a radical transformation during my time in ministry. I almost feel like a completely different person. Um, but yeah, I do remember feeling just like a cog in the wheel, but I, I would say, and I might get some, um, ridicule after saying this, but I think the same can happen in ministry as well. You know, like it's, I don't think it's exclusive. Um, cause I have experienced that in ministry. So um, so maybe they're, they're more ready than they think. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, any any time I've walked into a, an interview for a ministry uh, mm-hmm. in regards to personality, I'm like, you ain't never had an employee like me. <laughs> Can your employees do this? <laughs> <laughs> That's another Will Smith character. So <laughs> I know it's why I did it. <laughs> So I was like, uh, like I was thinking about other ways we could end this segment. Like, you know, I hope one day you get hitched and you don't end up in a zombie apocalypse, wow. you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but, but here's where I want to end. And, and there's a guy who you talked, we talked about a couple of things, mentorship and transitioning out of ministry jobs and in different jobs. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people transitioning just any jobs <laughs> this year. Right. And one of my mentors was a, was a youth ministry guy. He worked in ministry forever. Like, like both of us thought he's going to work in ministry forever. Uh, and then he, like his thing was, he just couldn't support his family anymore. So he became uh, a state farm agent. He is my state farm agent, love him to death. Uh, uh, and he, like, I, I didn't have a mentor in ministry 
uh, so I sought one out. I was like, can I buy you lunch once a month just so that I could talk talk these things out and and just grow as, as a person, grow as a man, grow as a minister, all, the, all these things. And so he was my first mentor. And like that was so important for me as, as a young person to, to grow in all of those aspects. But also when I was transitioning out, like so obviously he transitioned out and he's super successful now. Um, but as I was transitioning out, when I was making the choice, am I going to stay at this job or am I going to go to a different job? He looked at me and he said, Taylor, choose where you want to die. And I, I took it as I'm either going to die in this job or die in the next job I take. He's like, no, dummy, like spiritually die. Like choose where you're going to die. <laughs> that to sounds yourself. like a threat to me. I know. Taylor, choose where you're going to die. <laughs> I and I was, it was just, it was just so strange, but uh, like, that was one of the things that like a mentor could say that nobody else can, right? <laughs> Where it's like, like that, that was like a big time thing. So the mentorship's important. Uh, all of us growing in, in being better at any of our jobs is important. That mentorship's important, but also uh, taking our, our Catholicism, who we are, into the workplace. So, Koji, I want to thank you for your time today, uh, for sharing this with us. Uh, how can people get uh, involved with uh, what y'all going, have going on? Yeah, so check us out at missiontolaunch.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at mission two the number two launch uh check us out we have tons of information and we have a lot of people on board so we're really excited awesome awesome well thank you so much and we will be right back guys don't go anywhere the show comes out once a week but i'm available literally all the time i'm always on my phone just like you guys so uh if, if you want to stay connected you can do that at taylor stroll on instagram twitter facebook and at forte catholic on facebook and twitter i'd love to connect with you guys continue to get to know you as we uh, continue to build up this community community continue to build up the community around the show okay bye I am Taylor Schroll, and Father Anthony has a joke. Oh, yeah. So I heard this joke from, um, so I hang out with uh, my friends on my day off, and they have three little girls, one I baptized, two I baptized, and one I'm the godfather of. And this is from their joke book, and I thought it was hilarious. So, Taylor, what is red and is bad for your teeth? Uh, books. A brick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I want to share that with people. That just uh, there you go. That, that's the only content I have for this show. Well, what's funny is like everyone that's a parent is like, yeah, like that's what we hear all day. So it's not that great for me. But for you, a single person, you, hilarious. You and all the people single right now are really enjoying this segment. <laughs> Everybody that's married is like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, so we have we have just a few minutes here to discuss mm -hmm. something that just happened so randomly <laughs> this past yeah. weekend, uh, Pope Francis <laughs> decided to release an encyclical. Like, where did it, like, there was no publicity. There was no press. There was no trailer. Like, where did this come from? I mean, there's a little bit, but you had to be looking for it. You know, if you're following the Vatican news, you knew it was coming out on. Well, I, I don't, and I don't think anybody listening to the show does. <laughs> so <laughs> right. If you listen to this show, you probably don't. So uh, you and I have both read the first chapter, and I don't know about you, but I'm a slow reader, and it took me way mm -hmm. too long to read the first chapter. And my first takeaway on this encyclical, already too long. It's too, it's too long. <laughs> it is like 110 pages. But 
that's not how papal encyclicals are are broken down. They're broken down into paragraphs, and there's like 260 right. or something. Yeah. And it's it's just too much. It's too much. That's that's my takeaway. It's take very away. long. But you haven't even told the best part of it. The best part is just the name. Fratelli Tutti. Which is another joke from the kids' book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like it, right? <laughs> but it's like my, you know, my my little brothers in Christ or whatever. It's, it's a quote from St. Francis. Pope Francis wrote this encyclical that came out on the feast of St. Francis, which again, I feel like should have been a bigger deal beforehand. <laughs> And also, like, if I was a Je- so the, uh, Pope Francis was a Jesuit before he became Pope, I would feel like, can we get any good press? Right. Like, you, we, we're the ones who formed you and raised you and you know, got you to the priesthood and everything, and you keep talking about the Franciscans? <laughs> I would be angry if I was a Jesuit, that's all. Well... Uh, it's that would be fair because a lot of people are angry at the Jesuits all the time. So yeah, you know what? Maybe it evens out. Sure. Which I mean, ironically enough, is kind of what the encyclical's about. Whenever you disagree with someone, you should be kind to them and, be, and show brotherly love. I think this is yeah. the this you know everybody has their patron saints like countries and mm-hmm. cities. I think this is the patron encyclical of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> They should. They should adopt it. Because every time uh, Father Anthony eats a Philly cheesesteak, he has to fratelli tutti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I shouldn't find that as funny as I do. But uh, uh, you're enjoying children's jokes recently. So how I figured can I say? Simpler things. So you and I have both read chapter one. What is, what's mm-hmm. your biggest takeaway from, from chapter one so far? Honestly, so the, the most of chapter one is uh, Pope Francis talking about all the bad things in the world. And he uses a really graphic imagery about like, how clouds are gathered over the world. And the two things that, that struck me <laughs> is like, wow. That's natural, Pope Francis. It happens all dark, the time. <laughs> so it's dark clouds, menacing clouds, right? But uh, one of his writing style, he's really good at uh, imagery. He talks about how like uh, like these mafias have been set up, and there's banquets uh, instead of banquets of uh, fraternity. There's like snacking on badness. He does a better job than what I'm explaining. Um, so that's the one thing that struck <laughs> he me. He talks really well. Also, badness. <laughs> yeah, right. He does. He does a better job. Um, he's had more time to write this uh, than I've had to read it. Um, but basically, I guess the main themes in the first chapter, and I, I'm hoping it's going to get more positive as he gives us some solutions, but uh, more and more people are individualized and atomized, so we're, we're separated from community, and because of the hunger and thirst for profits above all things, um, that creates the inequality and division uh, yeah, in the world. So he's kind of pointing out all the, and he goes through like social problems with social media. He goes with problems with like uh, different ideologies and hatred springing up. And uh, it's very easy. Like, is this whole encyclical about how bad Twitter is? Like, it feels <laughs> like that sometimes, right? But like, really, you can apply what he's saying to just everything that's going on in the world. And it's, it's a rough one. Um, our poor response to the COVID epidemic makes us realize that we need to not just do a better job, but change how we do things. Uh, so he's painted a, a pretty bleak picture, but I think a pretty accurate one. So hopefully in the rest of the encyclical, he gives us some some good stuff to, to change. And uh, but I, I thought it was challenging in a good way. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's 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 a long encyclical for sure. So like, other than the joke of that, that it's really long, like my I, like joy of the gospel, his first encyclical that he that was partly written with Pope Benedict as well, who I loved. Yeah, like that has been a foundation for me of who I am in the hmm. world. Like literally like yeah. the whole joy of the gospel thing is literally our goal here on this show. Um, yeah. 
it was just so formative for me and, and a big deal. And then Laudato Si came out and like, I just not as interested in environmental things. So it's the first encyclical, papal encyclical I've skipped, I think in my lifetime, I think I've read all the other ones. Uh, oh, wow. Maybe I skipped some JP2 ones because I was like seven. But yeah, that's fair. I've gone back and, list, uh, and read some of the others. But um, it was interesting because I was reading it and like for a lot of it, I felt like this is not for me at all. Not in the sense that it's like, you know, people like, oh, this scripture doesn't apply to me. And like, I was like, this is for people who are like running governments and like running the world. Right. Uh, and I don't do that. I sit in this room all the time, you know, like, <laughs> uh, so, but then as it kept going, like towards the end, similar to what you were saying, it's like, here's all the things that are wrong in the world. And it's kind of on like a macro level, not on like Taylor's micro level or just anybody yeah. reading it's micro level. But as it got to the end, like essentially like the ray parts the clouds to use your imagery and, and his imagery, yeah. right? Like there, there's this, there's this sun that's coming out uh, and, and, and going through the rays and there is hope. And like the last few paragraphs of chapter one are all about hope. Um, so I'm like, we're going to keep talking about it over the next few weeks. But um, before we go, I wanted to share a couple of my best lines or, okay. or my favorite lines. One yes. Pope Francis, I, I used him whenever we talked about aliens a few weeks ago. <laughs> I used yeah. a quote that Pope Francis saying on a plane that you know, somebody said, if there were aliens, would you baptize them? And he said, yes. And that was controversial. And everybody yeah. was like, oh, it's just something that he said on a plane. It's not real. And then he goes, Ahem, I'm writing an encyclical <laughs> now. And he says, how wonder wonderful would it be, even as we discover faraway planets, to rediscover the needs and brothers and sisters who orbit around us once again? talking about <laughs> aliens on other planets but also saying like the important thing of like there yes. are, there are people in, like I, I say this all the time there's people and problems everywhere right like yeah. not just aliens but like literally other people but it's like yeah. we're missing the stuff that's, that's happening right around us and i like that right. a lot i felt very affirmed yes. by pope francis and also Good. he's gonna baptize aliens one day i promise that will be if we find some aliens and he'll baptize them. I think it's also okay that not every Catholic needs to read and super enjoy every encyclical. But I would just say if you're not going to read it, then uh, just be very cautious about whose opinion you take on the encyclical. Because it's really easy to like – these are big documents, especially recently. And so you might have people taking like these quotes out of context. Just be very hesitant to believe that sort of stuff if you choose not to read it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's just a fair way to go about it. Yeah, You, you are very fair. And but if you're going to listen to Taylor and I talk about it, believe everything we say. 100%. Completely. Um, except for this part. Because I, okay. Because for right now, uh, I have to do something that I haven't done ever on this show. I have to disagree with Pope Francis. Are you ready for this? I am very intrigued by this. Here's what Pope Francis Please, says. please disagree with the Holy Father, servant of the servants of He's God. He's talking about digital media. Like you and I mm. talking together right now from halfway uh, across, the, yes, yes, yes. across the world. Oh, okay, okay. I think I know He you're says, digital this, yeah. media can also expose people to the risk of addiction, isolation, and a gradual loss of contact with concrete reality, blocking the development of authentic interpersonal relationships. So, uh, sure, we could go on that for forever. You know, we're, we, we, don't, yeah. we don't have a real relationship because it's only through media. But here's the, that's not the part I disagree with. This is the part I disagree with. They, as in these interactions through digital media, lack the physical gestures, facial expressions, moments of silence, body language, and even the smells, the trembling of hands, the blushes, and perspiration that speak to us and are a part of human communication. And here is where I vehemently disagree. The best okay. part of digital communication is that I don't have to smell your smells 
and you don't have to experience my perspiration. I don't no, think that's no. a benefit, Mr. Mr. Francis, <laughs> Mr. Holy Father, Pope Francis. That's the only place I disagree with you, and I just wanted to put that on the record. Father Anthony, we are done. Thank you for being here on the celebration of the four-year anniversary. And uh, we had to cap it off with me disagreeing with uh, smells and perspiration being a good thing in Pope Francis's mind. <laughs> that's the only way we could end it. I'm Taylor Schroll. That's Father Anthony. I'll be back next week. Say it. Well, thanks for listening there, friends. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. We had an absolute blast making it. If you would like to support the Forte Catholic Podcast and all the ministry that we do, you can do so with a tax-deductible donation over at ForteCatholic.com slash donate. That's how we continue to do this ministry. That's how I feed my children and uh, my kids like yogurt. That's a joke for three of you, and I hope that you enjoy it. Thanks, guys. I'll be back soon.